right, welcome, welcome once again to the WTF interview. Uh, we have, our, again, our esteemed co-host, Dr. Raheem Young, myself, uh, Mr. Royce Brialis, and we have also our guest, Raheem, can you introduce our uh, esteemed guest? Coming all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, Scott, can you introduce yourself to everybody, Scott? Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, I'm in Cincinnati by ways of, uh, let's say, Broadview in Chicago. Uh, Florida in 21st of death me. Um, Scott Burton, son of Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us about your family. Man. How many kids you got? What's their ages, their names? Okay, my family. I have four children. Coleman is the oldest at four. He'll be five in February. Jalen is number two. Uh, he is two. He'll be three in January on the 17th. And I have two newborn twin girls that are three weeks old. They'll be four weeks on Friday. Uh, Anaya and Ayana are the twins. And Gigi is the mother of all four. Okay. They, they all about the same person. They all about the same person. They're <laughs> twin engaged. Was going to be married. The plan was to be married on 11 7, 2020, but you know, that got shooken up. So we won't wait to do all of that stuff. We're going to get back home in Chicago. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, how you started having kids kind of uh, late not early, but late in life. <laughs> late uh, how, how old were you when, um, when you had your first uh, child? 36. 36. So why why did you wait so late to have kids? <laughs> okay. Uh that's a complicated but easy answer. Uh I never really wanted to get married to have kids in the beginning of my life. And let's just be honest about it. You my little cousin, you know me, you know what I was doing, you know where I was at. Um the way I was living my life, I didn't feel like as, as a father or as a human being. I could be close to anybody that I can't walk away from um, because of the situations and things that was going on. And to bring a kid in the world to where, you know what I'm saying, I might be here one day and the next day I might not, um, didn't seem fair. And, you know, some women might hear this now and truly understand why the hell they was getting pushed away. And, hey, that's in the past. It is what it is. Um, but it, it literally was that, you know what I'm saying? And, as I progressed through life and through college and kind of changed my ways, um, things really didn't hit home until uh, I got hit with the tumor. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a live mass sitting on my right optic nerve right now in my brain. And that kind of put my life in a different perspective because I always thought I was on down the street. Um, even though I was working towards my career, my career was up and going. Like I always, my dreams and everything was literally it's going to be one of those painful deaths outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> then when the doctor said, like, yo, you got eight months, you know what I'm saying? Like this, because of the seizures and the CI attacks, the stroke and everything, like they didn't get that under control. Like I wasn't going to make it through 2014. Uh, that was kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go like this. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I was living by myself and then certain things happened with other people that should have never happened. And then it was just like, all right, 
this me and Gigi's third time around. And the first two times ain't like we broke up because of bullshit or cheating on each other, anything like that. It was literally business. She was still at home and I was here. Uh, and then this time around, it's just like, are we going to try this again? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, all right, if you try this again, then I'm all the way in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in. This, this is it. Mm-hmm. You've always been that person. You know, can't say the one that got away because we was always still close as friends and things like that. Close mm-hmm. as hell. Um, and, but as far as like having kids with somebody, I might have said that out loud to people in the past, like, yeah, I can see it. And that's just literally just being in a situation like, yeah, I can see it, but did I ever want it? No, because if that was the case, it would happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nope. So there's literally time and place and and it's literally person thought like I couldn't trust any of them people with my life so why would I have a child with you and I mean there's been some hiccups in life and you know there's two miscarriages along the way but like I said I was young I was still in high school high school and then like my freshman year of college that shit happened but that's, that's God's plan you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't look back at it like, man, no. That was the plan. He knew good and damn well I, I shouldn't be fathering nothing at that at those times. So, do you think, like, you being faced with your mortality, did that kind of, um, I guess, soften your stance on having kids and settling down? Did that play a part in it, you think? It played a big part in it because it made me look at, like I said, I was in. I've been in therapy, but then when I went through that stuff with my health and I had the brain surgery and it, it was a botched brain surgery and I had to go back to see my neuro, my neurologist, not the neurosurgeon who performed it. And she was asking questions and I was like, well, how is it inconclusive when y'all just cracked my skull open and took off part of my brain? And it wasn't like, I'm talking to her because she wasn't in the room. She sent me to these people and these people come highly qualified and things like that. And goofball botched it. You know what I'm saying? And I said some things in that room and she was like, I need you to go talk to the neurotherapist, right? About people who dealing with possible brain cancer and all this other stuff to get some of these things off your chest Mm -hmm. um, as far as surgery. Because I, I, I ain't going to lie, like, I was literally going to pop, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he had to walk through that door, like, it was over. He was he was never going to perform surgery on anybody else. Like, I, I wasn't going to kill him, but I definitely was about to take his hands out. You know what I'm saying? Like, because <clears throat> I was looking at all the paperwork, like, I, I need to sue, dude. And I couldn't. Cause I signed away my life. If you don't read the fine print, like, you literally sign, like, with brain surgeries, you can die on that table. Yeah. And when you sign that piece of paper, you sign it saying that, yo, you may die and you won't come out of this not the same as before. Right? So, going into therapy, she pulled back the layers of not just the anger I had with dude, but all of my anger and started doing cognitive behavioral therapy. That's how everything started. The, the the changing 
of the cognitive, my first response to everything, like my first thought, not my first response. My first thought is always going to be something drastic. Mm -hmm. um, my response may not be because I got time to think about it. It wasn't always the case. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't always the case. Um, so as I progressed through that therapy, things started to make a lot more sense. And then I started to look at my surroundings and not just and then just the people that was around me like there's certain people around me that that negative energy thing is real you know what I'm saying like yeah certain people only wanted me around so when they fuck up they know they gonna make it home safe because I'm there you know what I'm saying like, we gonna clear this motherfucker out type shit and it's like this ain't even my issue yeah and it's like all right let me slow down not just on them but i had to slow down on everybody and everything slow down on the medications that they had me on start eating different start uh -huh. doing more vitamins than more pills and then you know i was going to therapy like every week and then i start going every other week and it's like all right i'm mentally in a different place than i ever been and it's scary as hell because like I said, all I knew was my drive was always anger. Like that got me so far in life. It got me in a lot of shit, but it also got me my bachelor's degree. You know what I'm saying? It got me working at a I'm a software sales engineer at a software company. It got me all of that. But there was no balance. You know what I'm saying? And honestly I never the joys of life I didn't know how to deal with. So I would avoid that shit. I show up, be happy, and, you know, I'm getting drunk. I'm drowning out everything because that's the only way I can be around people um, and not be angry. Going through that therapy and everything, it changed. I don't necessarily need anger as a crutch to succeed in life because the drive came from me anyway. It, it's not what was triggering the drive, it was the fact that I continued to push myself regardless of what I was feeling. I pushed myself to get to where I'm at. Um, and my mentals was just like, it's because I was mad at the world, that's why I was able to do it. No, it's because you was focused, you was dialed in to attaining a goal. You might've been mad at the world, but you attained that goal because you dialed in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me, what were you so mad at? I mean, why were you mad at the world? <laughs> uh, a lot of things happened, cuz. A lot of things happened that, you know, in the family that you ain't even aware of. And this ain't the platform for that, but uh, it's just a lot of stuff, dog. Uh, a lot of disagreements, a lot of miscommunication between you know, my siblings and my parents, uh, a lot of misfires. And then there was the things that I can talk about, you know what I'm saying, on this platform, like being outside and seeing somebody get killed at six years old, right? And going to talk about that and that shit's normal, right? Okay, it's normal. And then, you know, your crush from kindergarten, you getting your hair cut, and 
they come in and say her uncle, who's usually in the barbershop, raped and killed and left in the alley. You know what I'm saying? And you know this man. Mm-hmm. And you know her. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like a crush. Like, that's a friend. You know what I'm saying? But that, mm-hmm. that's a close relationship or something that happened. And then you sitting there, you stuck. Like, do I poke this dude? Or do I let the police handle it? You know what I'm saying? And I'm eighth grade at the time. So it's like, by the time I hit eighth grade, I could tell you I probably lost 20 people outside to random stupidness. And high school it just got worse. 95, 96, 97 was horrible. All right, let me dial it back before I get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let, let, let me. That was you, the you had something else. It was like it was a lot of things that that happened that really is out of your control. Mm-hmm. But you have a sense of like you in control, right? Like if I was there, that would have never happened. Or I was just a half a minute too late. Like I pulled up right before that happened. Or damn, I didn't answer the phone call and that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of guilt. And this is pretty much like survivor's guilt. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 here and people are gone. You know what I'm saying? And then that shit replayed itself here. Like, Cincinnati was no different than Chicago, for real. Like, that shit replayed itself here all over again. It was, like, living 95, 96 all over again. Mm. So it was just, it was just mad, dog. Yeah. And then it's like, what you going to do? Because this is not a movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is real life. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get out here and just start pulling up on all of these different random people who then took random people from you who are close to you, but to them, it's just a random person, but those people are close to you. It ain't the same situation with the same different group of people. No, it's it's different groups of people. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? Now you angry. What do you do with that anger? You know what I'm saying? And again, like, a lot of craziness happened, man, and a lot of innocent people caught the brunt of my anger because mm-hmm. they had nothing to do with nothing. They was just around me while I was boiling, and whatever they did triggered the situation. Right. So, you know what like, I mean? Yeah. So your your anger led you to therapy. How has um, like seeing a therapist helped you in parenting? Or helped you as a father? Ooh, we oh man, patience, dog. Oh, uh, <laughs> that the first and foremost, let's just patience. But I learned who I really am in therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once we pull back the layers and 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 all of that, like, I put a ton of pressure on myself um, as far as, like, everything. Um, nothing is never going to be enough because there's always something else to attain. So with her pointing out certain characteristics that I necessarily wasn't paying attention to has mm-hmm. helped me dial into 
like with Coleman, my oldest son has Down syndrome. Like you have to be extra patient with him. You know what I'm saying? With yeah. with certain things, I can't expect him to do everything that everybody else is doing. Nor will I. But at the same time, what I'm not going to do is sit back and let his illness control his life, right? Because it didn't let my illness control my life. So in therapy, that's 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 that, right? Like I have to lose some hunt syndrome. We talked about that. We talked about not letting that lead me down back into that dark path to where that, just that single thing controls everything that I'm doing. I'm still in control of what I'm doing. I just have to be patient and careful of what I'm doing mm-hmm. in order to stay on earth long. So, you know, like with him, he started off being in the walker and everything. And, you know, I start adding weights to the walker, you know, and then eventually we start going up and down hills with the walker with 20 pound weights on it. And then, you know, one day he looking at me and he just let go of the walker and ran to me. And I'm like, well, goddamn, I wouldn't kicked it over. Like we don't need this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like without going to therapy, I would have never got to that point as a father to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have been so pissed off about the down syndrome thing that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have focused in on him. You know what I'm saying? I've been more focused in on disease than him. If that makes sense. No, I understand. Yeah. So, you know, and, and mental health is 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 a major thing, especially in our community style. Like if you don't, the shit we go through ain't normal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it might be normal for our neighborhood, but it's not normal. That's not normal life. And those feelings and emotions that come along with that, like you gotta you gotta find a way to put that in check and be able to go outside of what your normal is and see different things mm-hmm. to understand. Like, all right, I can't exist over here. I might be here mentally and physically but I can exist over here too you know what I'm saying and she helped me get there how long and have that you been seeing her let's see I had heart surgery 2012 brain surgery 2013 2014 the end of 2014 so almost six years and it's once a week or twice a week in the beginning I was going every week so for the first year yeah, 2015, I would say the first seven months of 2015, um, I went and seen her every every week. And because we was doing, first we started with the the peeling of the onion, right? Yeah. And getting down to the root of my anger. And the root of my anger, and I ain't got no problem telling anybody this shit, is fear. And people was like, well, what are you really scared of? And it is, I'm scared of getting close to you because you're going to die. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, in in my arena, the people that was closest to me always getting hurt or was always dying for the most part, a large majority of it. Um, so it was like, I would have love for you. I would share my love with you. I would express my love for you, but I wouldn't receive your love because I can't get close to you because I can't deal with that, right? So it was fear of, fear of losing more people put up a wall so I wouldn't let nobody in. Okay. Even though you'll be around me every day, like if something happened to you, something happened to you. 
I wouldn't feel it. You get what I'm saying? Um, and that's dangerous. <laughs> that's that's real like, dangerous. Uh, the fear of being hurt. Yeah. 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 And I, I can still say to this day, like, I don't know how to deal with sadness in the most proper way. And I don't want to say normal way because everybody deal with sadness differently. But, yeah. you know, like normal deaths, people of old age dying, that's sad. You're supposed to mourn it. You're supposed to and, and rejoice their life and things like that. Subconsciously, I still find a way to be mad about that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I have to keep that in check because there's 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 nothing to be mad at. They live their life. They did what they were supposed to do. It's on us to keep the torch going, right? Um, and that's how I have to look at everything. That, that's one of the goals, man, to, to get up out of here one day. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I'm not one of the people like I want to live forever. No, I don't want to be on this earth forever. The hell. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What have your children taught you about yourself, or show you about you? I'm more valuable as a father and a person alive, and in their lives, than I thought. Like if something happened to me with all of this going on, like they'd be straight. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if it popped and then I just dropped everything's in order for them to be straight financially, but the day-to-day life and interactions with my kids, they won't be straight. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and I never thought about that in that aspect. And it's like day-to-day, the things that we do, the headaches, the arguments to go sit your ass down or daddy let's draw you know what I'm saying or let's let's do the matching game and all this other crazy stuff it's like uh, it it opened up my heart in a way that I never thought I was going to be able to do you know what I'm saying It, it, it literally it literally changed me dog Cole Coleman being born started to change. Mm-hmm. Jalen kept the chase going. The twins, which is a blessing, because like I said, they wasn't supposed to be that, that wasn't planned. Like that we wasn't trying to have a third child or anything like that. It was two and out. And we took necessary precautions. So that blessing is like, all right, this is this is the plan. Like this is this is what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. This is the key. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants me to be a father of my own children, not a father or stepfather or a male role model out here on the streets to some of these other people's kids as they look up to me and things like that to do different things. He wanted me to instill that in, in, in my household. Yeah. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't, this wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it opened up not just my heart, but my mind to just a different concept of, of, of living. Okay. So y'all y'all plan on having more? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> not at all. No. That's, that's, 
Let up the drawbridge. <laughs> Come on, but yeah, I'm going. That's this over, dog. <laughs> Scott is not having any more tools ever again in life. Even if God, even if God. <laughs> so you gotta have FOMO. Yeah. No, no. We'll be have to sit. We we gonna do the work that we got right here. <laughs> Put that on your other shoulders. Y'all the soldiers. I I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I'm not knocking it. I accepted it. After a few weeks, I'm not going to say I accepted it right off the rip. That would be a lot. Um, but, yeah, because I uh, we really didn't know. I didn't know she was pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And then Mother's Day, just things happening. She showed me the test. And I was like, what the hell is I thought it was a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is a joke. Like, it's impossible. And then it's like, oh, we'll call the doctor and what we gonna see. And then um, tragedy hit. Like she started to um, bleed professionally. So I had to rush her to the hospital. And the whole time we thought we had lost the baby. And I'm sitting in the car because it's good COVID. I can't go in. After like four hours in the car. And then she came down and said, yeah, the three of us cool. And I had started to pull off and I stopped. Like, what the hell you just say? The three of y'all. <laughs> 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 it's like oh okay all right i'm gonna have to go in the basement for a while and then and think about what <laughs> yeah but you know but you kind of beat me to the punch the next question i was gonna ask was gonna be uh your your wtf moment and that sounded like one of them you found you was having two of them yeah, that was definitely a welcome to fatherhood moment. <laughs> I, I was stuck. I was I sat in the basement for like three hours in the dark. I didn't say nothing. I didn't look on the phone, nothing. I just stared at the wall like, all right. Let me, <laughs> let me understand what it is that God wants me to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what is it? That's pretty cool. Yeah, you went from uh, two to two to four, man. You doubled doubled your household. Yeah, real quick and like real I said, quick. My <laughs> oldest turned five in February, dog. Like that was that was that was like about five kids. I mean, four kids under under five. Like eating pull ups, my two year old and pull ups, and like trying to get out of diapers. And now he just got twins. Like, what the? <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> we salute you, brother. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool man so what i know your um you and your your dad have a close relationship what have you learned from your father yeah. about uh being a father everything um i do my best friend you know what i'm saying and um like outside of the the strictness of growing up and everything I talk to my father every day and I have talked to my father every day of my life. You know what I'm saying? Even with me living in Cincinnati when I'm coming to college, like I talk to my father one way or another every day. If it was a text or if it was a phone call for five minutes, um, do know everything about me. You know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that relationship, the fact that I'm able to talk to him about everything. It, it makes it 
it made it easier for me to learn from him because he would tell me what to do in certain situations and other situations he wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, when you figure it out and you do what you do, come back, let's talk about it. Let's see what you was thinking about when you did what you did and see where we at. You know what I'm saying? Like, and as a little kid, like, man, what? what? Like, <laughs> I'm asking you for advice. But then, you know, as as it progressed and I saw what he was doing, it's like, I look up to him so much, he knew that. He didn't want me to think like him. He wanted me to think for Scott. He wanted me to be my own person. You know what I'm saying? And still be able to come talk to him and not worry about like, oh, I failed or things like this. Like, oh, I'm going to fail. That's how we learn. Um, but let's talk about what you was thinking about when you made some of the decisions you made. And, you know, like, all right. So that why, made why did you fail in that moment? Yeah, like, okay, yeah. I failed in this moment on this particular thing. He's like, what was you thinking about? And then when you say that out loud, it sounds like, the parent being negative, like they getting ready to punch you in your face. Like, what were you thinking about? <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not that one. It's like literally, what were you thinking about? What was going through your brain when you made those decisions? So we can talk about the situation, what you was thinking about, and how your emotion. Right. Um, that's how I learned early on that I had an anger issue. Because most of my answers were, I don't know, man, I was just mad. And he's mad at what? Everything. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, well, let's talk about that. He's like, okay. He's like, it worked out this time. It's not going to work out every time. Yeah. He's like, you got he, he always, he always said that, like, you got to find something else. You got to find something else, even with track. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody know Nazareth Days, track, everybody in the woods know me. One of the fastest out of there, um, driven off anger. I was 126 pounds, bench pressing 275, all anger. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's working out right now, Scott, but it ain't, you ain't going to be able to keep using that. You know what I mean? And then my hamstring tore, lost all my scholarships and everything. Anger's gone. <laughs> right? So, in, in essence, he prepared me for that day, not knowing that that day was going to come. Right. Nobody knew that that day was going to come that I literally, my hamstring was sitting on the back of my knee and I, all the college scholarships gone. You know what I'm saying? Anybody who was looking at me for track at that point, gone. Uh, got to do something else. But I got a head on my shoulders. It was rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, just having those conversations and those interactions, um, the good and the bad, um, I think it prepared me for a lot with what is to come with my kids because I'm not going to get it right every time, but at least I have like a blueprint and a guideline of something that does work. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can come talk to me. Like, I might be mad as hell, but we're going to talk about it. And we're not just going to be like, oh, you dumb motherfucker, you shouldn't have did that shit. <laughs> like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's talk about what was you thinking about? You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes what was you thinking about? What really was going through your mind that triggered you to do something? Let's work on that. 
and not work on what the response was, but let's work on what you was thinking about. Yeah. Because that that can be the root of that can be the root of everything. You know what I'm saying? Not all right, you acting out, okay? And just just jumping down your throat ain't gonna help. You know what I'm saying? So I know that. I know both aspects of that. You know what I'm saying? Like mom, mom didn't take no shit from nobody. She <laughs> wasn't trying to hear what she was thinking about. She's just about to put your head through a window. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go talk to your dad about that shit. I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that that's the balance though. You know what I'm saying? Um, that... That helps. And also with us having the relationship that we have, seeing my dad fail, like mm. that's black superman to me. You know what I'm saying? But seeing him fail at certain things um made me aware that man, he's he's human just like I'm human. You know what I mean? Like it's it's certain things that we all human, like regardless of what type of pedestal I have up here um shit ain't always gonna be 100 percent. you know what i'm saying it ain't, it ain't always gonna be a victory like there's there's lessons there's, there's there's failures you know what i'm saying um there's gonna be some catastrophic things catastrophic things that happen um that allow you to grow as a father and i would say the one defining moment in me and his relationship, uh, I don't know how many of the family members actually know about what happened that day, but um, the freak accident when he got smashed with the car at the house, I was there. Um, yeah. As he was sitting in the backyard bleeding out and I'm holding him and I'm asking him, what do you need me to do? Like I'm getting, I'm trying to tie his leg up and, and closed the wound and everything and he was like don't worry about that and he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he was like alright take care of your mom and it's at my mom to see she's flipping the fuck out like she's running into the wall she's slamming her head into stuff like she's literally losing it because she thinks she killed pops, right? Um, I was too concerned with saving him that I didn't even look over there. But even in that, even in that moment, like he didn't know he was gonna make it. You know what I'm saying? He had just had a heart surgery, and this freak accident happened. Now, like his main artery is ripped open. There's blood everywhere in the backyard. In Broadway, um, I didn't know he was gonna make it out of that. That selflessness to say, don't worry about tying his leg up. Go get her, man. And he didn't say it like with no force or anything. He's pretty much, like I just said it, go get your mom. Tom yeah. cool and collective. And it's just like, this dude is something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not flipping out. He's not screaming in pain. He's not, he's not even thinking about his self in this moment where this could be his last breath. Uh-huh. He's not worried about me getting this wound closed all the way or, or doing nothing with him. He's worried about his wife. He's worried about me as his kid. He's worried about Philip. 
It's worried about staying, take care. And that's that's a selflessness that I ain't never seen before in life, dog. You know say I've been in some weird situations, dog. That ain't nobody said why they sitting there bleeding on the ground. Hey, man, go make sure they all right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, my mother's like, dude, keep your hand on this damn wound. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was like it, 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 it was it was it was different. And you know, the look in his eyes at that moment, it was like it's something with me being a writer and being I can never be able to write down the whole I can't explain that. It, it it's a selflessness and a humility that hopefully one day I will gain. You know what I'm saying? But that right there, like that's that's the father I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like he know he did his job well enough to look at me and say, hey, "Go take care of me," and have faith in me to do it. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like really? You hear about those type of moments, and it's like uh, it's like a Yoda type of moment. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, he's that much more advanced in his wisdom. You know what I'm saying? In that moment, he wasn't thinking about nothing else but what really was important. You know, that was yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's because in hindsight, it's just that that situation led to a lot of intermediate family hill mm-hmm. like while he was in the hospital like it's like he knew like literally it's like he knew like alright this happened they about to come together cause you know up until that point me, Stan and Philip, like we love each other to death we did not get along on normal basis like out of the three of us like yeah, like we 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 at each other's throat over over something. One of us is at the other person's throat over something. It was never like all three of us would get along with each other at the same time. And that situation deaded all situations. It deaded everything. It, it issues, regrets, fights disappointments, issues with our moms, issues that we had with dad. You know how people just, we just had issues that we don't talk about. That situation, like he knew this, this about, I'm going to make it out of this and we're going to be better at it, out of this situation. Because that's, that's the, that's pretty much the look he gave me. And like I said, that shit did it everything. It did. Like I don't know if he knew or not, but the look on his face and the comments and the, the mannerisms that he gave, like yeah, it was like a Yoda moment. Like we're gonna be all right. Just go get her. That's pretty cool. All right, so the uh, on that note, man, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. Could you uh let the audience know like uh, if they wanna get in touch with you, 
uh, how they can, or like how could they follow you? Oh, okay. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, we can talk about anything, um, brothers or sisters, when it comes to mental health or anything like that. You can get in touch with me at Adeline Burton, B-U-R-T-I-N, on Facebook, or Sifu underscore Adeline, and that's E-I-D-O-L-O-N on Instagram. Or just send me a text, 708-860-5675. Let me know who you are. We can rap. <laughs> need to talk about something stress i rather you talk to me than do something crazy sure thanks for sharing scott man yeah definitely a powerful uh powerful story man um anything else you want to uh bring up mr uh, dr raheem i gotta get i gotta get you Nah, that, that's pretty much it, man. It, it was powerful. I enjoyed this conversation, man. Um, I want to just thank you for joining No problem. Like, I'll be trying to join on Thursdays, but Thursdays is a hard day for me because when, when I'm working, that's my release night, and then, you know, I'm part of Amway, and that's also my release night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I talk to my team. So Thursdays are hard. Tuesday workout. So I appreciate y'all reaching out to me, man. Uh, anytime we want to talk about pretty much anything, you know what I'm saying? Just, just let me know. And I, I sit down and rap with you. Cool, man. Appreciate you. All right, for sure, for sure. All right, y'all have a good one. All right, thanks again. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. It was a great interview. Until next time. Peace. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF Interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, WTFatherhood.org. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a, a review as it helps more people receive the message and uh again until next time be well you already are in addition to that i am excited to invite you to our very next welcome to fatherhood Masterclass. it's saturday february 20th from 4 30 to 6 p.m central time we'll be talking with former chicago bears running back Adrian Peterson, and he'll be teaching on how to find a balance between being a father and professional life. I have a link to that also in the description below. Thank you.